Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Diabolical uh, um, um, technical goodies. Radio Hotler. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> G'day viewers, welcome to Radio Hot Lap episode 88, coming from you, coming to you from Roseville, East Roseville in fact, in uh, in Sydney, noisy uh, white sulphur crested cockatoos behind us, trying to interrupt the show before we even got going, and today um, I'm uh, catching up with uh, no one other than uh, Chris, the boss of V8 Central. Hello mate, welcome to the show. Hey Johnny, how are you? Good, thank you. It's uh, been a while. We haven't caught up since uh, Clipsal 500 earlier in the year, where you came down and, uh, and, and spent an enjoyable moment down there having teppanyaki barbecues with myself and Glenn Cooper. A lot warmer in Adelaide at that time of year than Sydney this time Well, it's year. not much warmer up here, mate, in, <laughs> indeed. Um, it's uh, didn't, didn't manage to get... They are, swoop, they are swooping here. Yes, this is the uh, the Sydney Radio Hot Lap headquarters. So. And uh, before we uh, we start on that uh, zany podcast that takes a lighthearted look at motor racing, cool emerging technology, gadgets and barbecues, and possibly roasts, yep. now that it's winter, um, what are you having to drink? Oh, we're having, or oh, I'm having the uh, Penfolds Rawson's Retreat Merlot. Very nice drop indeed. Yes, there's always some good stuff from from Penfolds. And I'm having a Stony uh, Stony Vineyard 2003, a Tasmanian Cab Sav. Beautiful. Thank you. Cheers. Right. So, but uh, I'm going to let you. Ki- see, you seen you're you're the guest, but I'm in your hometown. Um, although I did come from here, I think uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll kick off with some very new news about what's happening in Sydney, specifically the new development of Eastern Creek. Yeah, well, this only came out the other day, uh, 7th of August. What was that? Uh, Thursday? And I've been speaking to quite a few people about it, and the funny thing is you go, what do you think about the new Eastern Creek? And they go, what do you mean new? Um, so there's a, uh, a website called circuitclub.com.au who came out with the news, and, uh, and they've got full plans of the, the complete redevelopment of Eastern Creek. It's going to be a clockwise track now rather than an anti-clockwise track. Well, that'll be interesting to be going up the hill. Does that mean the drag yeah. racers will be going down the hill and they'll well, abandon the uh, the drag racing track? Well, remember? <laughs> Go yeah, back. I tried that before. This is not a good story. <laughs> they just didn't stop. Um, but, yeah, I think all the drag racing happens at Wizard these days, so that's not a problem at all. But, yeah, they'll be, they'll be starting. Well, take what you will from the plans, but it looks like they'll be starting on the flat slope sort of on the approach to what you now know as Turn 1, but they're going to be going the other way, so they're going to be pointing up the hill and go up the hill into probably a 90-degree uh, a right-hander if you're using the, the new national track, or um, or a sharper than a 90-degree right-hander if you're using the other tracks. But there's a, what it is is they've cut it up into a variety of different tracks. Um, for the Aussies, it'll be like Oran Park, where you can do South Circuit or Grand Prix Circuit or the little figure eight over and under the bridge. But there's a, a, a variety of different track configurations that they can use. Now, from my first uh, initial look at the designs, which you just uh, furnished me with this afternoon, my, uh, my first question would be, well, won't some of the purest drivers be disappointed to find that the, uh, 
that the turn one is now not have quite a long shoot. Uh, I.e. won't be able to get up to speed as much to be able to go through that. On the on the positive side, most cars in Australia being right-hand drive, they'll be on the inside of the corner and probably feel more at home with it. What's your thoughts on that? And obviously, you know, there was a lot of runoff area on the exit of Turn 1. Um, now, uh, going the other way, it's more likely that they're going to be out towards the, the grassy hills and the grandstand and hard walls. Yeah, well, it looks like there's going to be some tarmac runoff on the outside of Turn 1, but you've got to remember that that's actually, what is it now, Turn 12. And you've gone uphill as you as you get to the top of the hill, then you'll be turning right and then going down into, you know, depending on what track you're using as to which way you attack the circuit at the moment. Tarmac but runoff meaning there will be actually tarmac on the outside of the ripple strips? Yeah, apparently. Uh, much That's like uh, Ayrton Senna used to do his disadvantage in San Marino. Yeah, well, I think, does, did he actually use a tarmac anyway. runoff or over the sand? But anyway. Well, either way, it looked like it was painted, it was painted <laughs> green. Oh, where was it? Anyway, it was pretty hard at the time. But anyway, what it looks like is, uh, you know, the, the, the current GP standard of outside the track, you've actually got tarmac runoff, so you can actually maintain your grip if you've got some or whatever you've got and try and recover and get back on the track. Um, but there's going to be new grandstands built up on top of the hill to, uh, to furnish all the people who will be looking at Turn 1. Um, there's going to be some big, corporate, uh, big changes to Corporate Hill. Um, the dam's still there and a few other, you know, all the water hazards are still there if you actually get far enough off to use those. Um, but there'll be an interesting, there's an interesting mix. So there's a, a 4.7 kilometre international circuit, which is the big circuit all the way around the outside. And it looks like they're obviously trying to woo people um, from the, the major championships, uh, especially those running this part of the world, the Japanese Super GT and GP2 yep, Asia. Yep. And with, in 2010, with Stefan Rattel only in the last week, or rather at the Spa 24-hour uh, previous weekend, the total 24-hour Spa, announcing that uh, the FIA GT would go to a world championship, including Australia, mm-hmm. for 2010. Um, and he's been down here this week as well talking to people. Uh, this is obviously quite strategic from a timing point of view to have this announcement. Oh, definitely, yeah. And I think it's it sort of, it, it's leaning on the track with V8 supercars as well to say, you know, if you don't want to come here, let's actually redo the track. Um, but I was out at Easter Creek yesterday for an event and everyone says the track's not used. The track is used all the time. Like, you know, you probably go out there on a Wednesday afternoon and someone's out there doing laps. Um, it's just hard to get spectators there. But this is a, a proposed $93 million upgrade. So you'd think that, um, you know, ARDC sort of figured it out and said, okay, well... If Where is the this? funding coming from that? From, from, like, it's all very well saying it's going to cost $93 million, but who's going to pay for it? I would imagine the taxpayers. I'm not really yeah. sure. <laughs> so uh, it, 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 doubly coincidental is that earlier in the week uh, there would have been reports from Tony Cochran saying, look, uh, boss of VAC, because we will no longer come to this circuit in, in Sydney and maybe the Homebush will take the replacement. But they just went and, and made some references about, look, you know, we, we've, they had, you know, X thousand corporate spots there they don't know how to promote it they only know how to lose a typical Cochrane sort of communication Um, and they're in Darwin you know with a population of far far less da 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 well I mean that's a valid point but having said that we both know that the Darwin population is less stimulated than the Sydney population there are so many choices of things to do in Sydney for people on a a daily basis they have a harbour whereas Mel, um, Darwin is going to get behind any major event, as Adelaide does with the Clips of 500. But so it's a bit, it's it's a bit a, hard. It's hard to compare, but if yeah, same thing. If you go to Darwin, there's one major event of the year for motor racing. Yes. Is, is a V8 Supercar round. Um, Hamilton, same thing. One major event is V8 Supercars. And they're all going to and get behind that. So everybody goes. In Sydney, it's just like, oh, yeah, well, I've got you know a few Shannon's Nationals, a few V8 Supercars. I might go to Bathurst. I might go to Oran Park. There's a variety of them to go to. 
And then, you know, Sydney people don't like going out in winter, especially, what was it, last year for the Queen's birthday long weekend or something. Um, opening of the ski season, they go, oh, let's go to Eastern Creek on the same day. It was a loser before it even got off the ground. And then they go, oh, see, people don't come to motorsport. Let's maybe not even come. It and would, it's just it would, a it would challenge, suggest basically. to me that the, uh, the, the publications that, that had come out with that information about uh, Cochrane's displeasure with Eastern Creek and that they would not be going back there. And I think that would also be because, you know, the, 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 the marketing boss there, or whatever his name is, John Connor had had a, had had a shot at over the bows there and say, so, like, I'll go on the, have his bit back yep. and go, you can go and get stuff, we don't, we don't need you. There's, there's definitely a bit of that. But it would also uh, seem to be that the publications had advanced knowledge of this and hence decided to stir the pot by sending this information out. Right. And then this is another shot across the bows then from Eastern Creek. I mean, it would be hard for our supercars to now ignore this. Oh, definitely. Well, as I said, the, 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 these plans are estimated to be $93 million. V8 supercars for five years of Homebush, if it goes ahead, is $105 million. You know, if, you, if you're going to spend $100 million on something, it's probably better spending it on a permanent track than on a you know three days a year um, circuit. Well, it, wouldn't it make sense that they actually created a housing complex around the place for those who actually liked it? I mean, if you don't like car racing, don't buy there because it's going to be noisy. But on the, on the, on the positive, you know, you're free to you do, with, do with to what you want, you know, um, you know, when the major events come along. And it's not like it's that far away. I mean, people drive far, far further to, uh, to get to work each day. It's, um, yep. it's not like putting a hotel on uh, Conrad Strait. But it'll be like Eastern Creek. It's uh, like, not Eastern Creek, like um, Amaru Park, is people will build close and then they'll complain about the noise on the weekend and suddenly it shuts down. It's, you know, Eastern Creek's turning into a good motorsport uh, complex out there. You've got the dedicated drag strip, um, you know, the, the go-kart tracks used for international events now. And if they do this, like, I, I don't see anything wrong with the track the way it is at the moment, but if they upgrade it to this, then, you know, you're going to pull some major international series into Sydney. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's important. I, I would like to see... Uh, Eastern Creek uh, uh, prosper because uh, I, I've, I've never really been a fan of it. It's been it's been a bit weird, you know. It's been a bit of a dry zone, and then there have been Pluto pups on the hill. And I've liked it when the old drag racing was there, um, and, and it's old guys. But I suppose some of the uh, the, the the dangers there highlighted by uh, Romeo Capitanio uh, in the Santos Cranes top fuel drag racer going upside down and sliding up the hill, um, which was very entertaining. Yeah, and great well, camera work, I might add. Um, <laughs> has uh, really just means ha- people have had to move on from that, from liability. So let's hope that that goes good. And it also, it makes it into a bit of a, a, bit of a theme park and some, some nice restaurants and things like that that mm. people could come on days when the racing isn't on and just to enjoy a bit of open space because that's one thing that motor racing tracks will give you is open space. And yeah. in, a, in a city that is becoming very, very dense, I only think that's a positive thing. A little bit of superphosphate, keeping it green all year round will be positive as well. I mean, you've got Prospect Reservoir next door. What's the matter? You know, drill <laughs> a hole through and come on, a bit of water here. Well, there's two. They're very small dams, but there's two dams actually on the property of Eastern Creek as well. So, you know, um, and and obviously down the bottom there's a little uh, drifting track as well. So they're they're going for the youth element to uh, attract them back to um, to Eastern Creek and see if they can actually get some um, maybe some better drifting. That'd be the first purpose-built drift track in Sydney, maybe. Um, you know, Oran Park's got the go-kart track. But, um, but Eastern Creek will have a drift track as well. Want to have a look at that? Circuitclub.com.au and uh, all the images are there. Quite a nice little site, actually. Looks like it could be a Joomla site. 
Oh, it looks like it could oh, be. Oh, what is it? We don't know. We don't, don't look at the code. Know, don't, don't get too technical. He's going to he's, he's going. he's viewing the code. No, it's not a gym. Uh, I know. It's a, but it, it does have a, a content. It's a bloggy sort of a feel, doesn't yeah. it? All right. If I had to WordPress site, that would have been my second guess, but it okay. was WordPress. Well, uh, let's rewind a week ago, and uh, still in Australia, we had the uh, seventh round of the V8 Supercars at uh, a wild and... Slightly wet and woolly uh, Winton, uh, where uh, there were a few upsets there. Once again, um, uh, the class act of the field is obviously um, uh, Mark Winterbottom, but oh. uh, a few um, you know mistakes here and there and things outside his control. A flat tyre on the first lap, which uh, forced him to continue trundling around or a deflating tyre until the pit window opened as to not uh, push himself down the back of the field, although he did push himself down the back of the field. I wonder whether he would have been better off to have just pitted and got back on it and then pitted yeah, again. Pitted I, again. I, yeah. I don't know, because at, uh, at the end of the day, he ended up trashing one of those old wheels. So <laughs> I was watching him around here and I just said, like, pit, you know, pit yeah, now yeah, yeah. and pit later. No, 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 we'll wait till the window's open. It was a very like, oh. slow four laps, yeah. wasn't he? When he got swallowed up and there's a bit of a hit here and there. But, but, but I, I liked, I heard his call on the radio and it was just like, I think the left rear's going flat. And they looked at him on the TV and they went, no, nah, it's not flat. And you can see it's like losing a little bit of pressure. And a lap later, everyone's going, the tyre's going down. Like, yeah, he called it straight away perfectly. So... Well, it was a um, it was quite an interesting round, um, and he definitely did a great job to be able to make those places back up. Uh, uh, Will Davison uh, took a couple of race victories, but didn't manage to take the round victory. I don't know what happened in on in the last race. Uh, maybe you can articulate a little bit more. No, well, it wasn't the last race that uh, Tander actually finished ahead of him. So that all three of them finished together on points. That's right. That was the first yeah. time so I, like, I have bang, never bang. seen a round. They're all thirty-two points. Uh, and so the countback now the countback worked works in this way is that if you'd had more round victories or race wins during the year then you would be considered the winner of the event bear in mind viewers first second and third all on the same points yeah but it's it's got to do with that weekend so that weekend in the final race Tanda won the race so okay so so, you know, V8 Supercar Rules is the winner of the final race ah, of the weekend. which is pretty hard is work for, for, for Will Davison, who actually won two yeah. and came third. <laughs> so um, you, you're counting back a little bit, but where'd Davo finish in the last one? Uh, I'm missing him. Oh, there you go, in fourth place. Fourth place, yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, for the podium to be all on equal points, and you have to count back and do all the other little sub-regs of the regs to figure out what real positions are in... Um, they did quite well. Have you uh, come across a situation like that with three on the same? No, not that I can remember. Oh, no, no, it's a pretty <laughs> unusual. Anyway, obviously, it really is compressing the championship down, and uh, I think what well, we have a bit of a break now while the Olympics are on, and then what's next? Phillip Island. I think everyone goes to sleep for six weeks and turns up well, with PI. Okay, and, you know, and, and, and Frosty's off to Europe for a bit of a holiday in Italy. And I so heard he's uh, doing some driving, but yeah, he's on on holiday as well. Uh, I think Maury wouldn't say that. I think everybody's going overseas and doing something. Well, I think they need to do that because they've all got their other respective cars that have been trun- trundling around from very hot to very cold racetracks uh, and, and un- unfortunate to overly busy and being half-renovated Qantas clubs where flights aren't on time or don't <laughs> manage to land or whatever. Um, that... And I'm digressing because we're not turning into the airport no, there's show. there's plenty of Qantas... But I mean, like, how bad are the media at the moment? Like, if the flight's off on not on time, they're giving it, they're giving it curry on the, on the news. Well, I, I congratulate Qantas for doing everything that they're doing. I think uh, if a part blows off a plane mid-flight or something happens when you're trying to take off, 
abort the takeoff. I'd rather be on the plane with something wrong than in the air with but something wrong. But even when they say, look, we had they had, they had to change planes, they hadn't even boarded. It was due to the plane being unserviceable. We're, we're putting you on another plane, so there's a little mm-hmm. bit of a delay. I mean, isn't that isn't that your safety standards at work? Definitely. And the definitely. media are just going, they're just, they're just, this is so classical no, tall poppy syndrome Australia. But, but you can almost see that there's a, a news... Uh, group from every channel staked out in the Qantas club in every airport going, look, that flight's five minutes delayed, you know, there's something majorly wrong with that flight. Like, delay the flight, fix fix the plane, and we'll get there eventually, but we'll get there in one piece. I was in Melbourne uh, last, not last week, but the week before over Wednesday, and I was actually going to go on to Winton, as we'd said in episode 87, but look, I just decided between the, the weather, and I had some other business commitments back in Adelaide that had sort of come up and given priority um, uh, plus some other international uh, commitments on that weekend that I just decided was not of uh, much value to go there considering that there was no internet access of any kind at the media centre and, and, and it was just like miserable and, and having talked to, to Tony Whitlock from Racefacts uh, he'd said oh so many people had their passes confiscated by V8 supercars at the Queensland event I mean oh god it's just making it so difficult so then well, what's the point of doing that you know so what it's like. So uh, I went to the, the Qantas Club on Friday uh, early afternoon going, all right, uh, I had a, like a 2.30 flight or something like that back to Adelaide. Um, and I hadn't been to Melbourne for what, maybe a month or something. And uh, suddenly they're renovating the Melbourne Qantas Club. Mm. So it's half of it is only available. And yep. then and the under remaining half, half of it they've given and decided, well, there's a new business class. So they're now segmenting it again. Oh, nice. So yeah. you, you come in and, the you know, there was a business terminal sort of area. Yeah. I, well, that's not there anymore. There's just a couple of screens out on the window, clever, against mm-hmm. the window with the bright light coming mm-hmm. in so you can't see the screen. That's yeah. clever. Yeah, everyone's got, sitting there with their sunglasses on if it was a nice day in Melbourne, <laughs> which it wasn't, looking at the screens. Um, and there was every flight was delayed. They, they were all the flights to Sydney are delayed, and there's not very much much space there. And I looked around, and here it was on Friday, and it was like half past one. Every single person had a glass of booze in their hand. <laughs> there was nowhere to sit. Yeah. You know, the plates weren't being picked up. All the, the there were lines for the food. It's they need to really get a grip on that. It'll probably be nice when it's a little bit later. But now they've. It's funny how they've given you something, and then they know when taking a bit away. Yeah. But we're improving it. Yeah, yeah. getting <laughs> just keep improving. This is the coincidental timing again. Was it the coincidence I'm, show? I, I love Adelaide Airport. Free wireless internet through the whole in. Through the whole airport, thanks to what? Internode. Yes, Internode. Thank you, Internode. Great, great supplier. And you come to Sydney and you've got uh, Telstra at $15 for five minutes. Oh, the Qantas Club is free. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're in Qantas Club. Well, what does it know that you're on the other side of the um, door? I you had, can stand down there and click the button I and you go tried up to, to the hack into it yet. and say, Look, I want to join. And just <laughs> while you're there, you'll have the connection. You just take a long time to fill out the form. Yeah, but you will be flying Qantas there. You're yeah, no, but you Virgin be. and you're in another term, you're up, over the other side and there's no that's signal. It doesn't not, actually go that far. That's not my fault. <laughs> but, but yes, anyway, uh, so that was, um, glad to have missed that event, but mm-hmm. uh, managed to watch it on the TV in front of the heater. Uh, Marcus Akanovic uh, had a really quite a good start to his weekend in the Fujitsu Championship by uh, becoming third, third fastest in the first session and and, and fastest in the, in the second practice session but it all just went ugly from there and um, he's obviously gone to ground and I was actually going to go up and stay with him but uh, his uncle got sick and therefore he wasn't going to drive up which made it difficult for me to be able to move up and transport and all too hard basket Mm -hmm. 
But um, in the V8 Utes, uh, uh, Jack Ellsgood, uh, after his uh, really excellent uh, round victory at Queensland Raceway after solving his electrical gremlins, um, posted the sixth fastest time in qualifying, but had a bit of a lunge down on turn 11, and that is the, uh, uh, I think it's turn 11, and you might be able to correct me, as you're going to Winton, uh, looking back towards the pits before you do a left-hander to go down and round and come back round. I think it's turn 11. Had a bit of a lunge under, under George Medecki, but that left-hander, traditionally, because it's very wet that time of year, a lot of people go off and they drag the mud back onto the mm -hmm. circuit. So it's slippery for everyone. So he had a bit of a lunge, there's probably a bit of dirt down, might have been a bit of an ambitious move on Keithy George's behalf. But Kaching, and uh, he was awarded a 22-second penalty after George went spinning and Jack went on to finish fourth. Now, that pushed him down to something like 14th. Uh, and I thought, oh, well, that's all right, or 12th or something. Oh, it'll be right up the front for the reverse grid race. No, 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 you can't have that. No, nah, no, nah, so then you get the start 18. No, there's oh, a double, so double, double, double penalty. Oh. Not only do you lose your 22 seconds, no, you can't, you can't take that, uh, you can't take that, um, that uh, result. Oh, there's Keithy on Facebook. <laughs> now, we don't, well, I don't want to say anything, but I'm, we're about to launch a new website for Keithy this week. All right. I'll give you a sneak peek, yep. but it's not online. Um, but uh, he's very happy with it, um, wants to keep his uh, roots there with the football clubs as well. So, um, you don't want to uh, let it out now, so because no, be no, no, I do time. not because it's not online. But I will just say that there will be a new website. Yeah, but coming it'll up. be online by the time people listen no, to the show. No, because no? I haven't okay. finished writing some stuff for it, so I'll, I'll tell you uh, a little bit later. But yep. just to finish the uh, to finish the uh, the story of Jack Ellsgood's weekend, he actually ended up um, I think sixth for the weekend, which wasn't too bad, and and salvaged some points, retaining his position um, in in seventh place with only a couple of points between himself and and uh, the fifth and sixth place uh, get us. So, you know, we move on from here to the, the penultimate round at Bathurst where he is very strong and you've known, you've seen how good he is um, in, um, how good he has been in the uh, muscle cars there by driving um, all the way from, ooh, way down from uh, 54th to 14th in three laps. So um, it was uh, quite a, uh, quite a momentous drive for, for Jack to be able to do that. So. Um, yeah, I think that once it comes to the mountain, it'll all be pretty good. So, but, yep. Also, well, overseas. Got on, yeah. I'll just. Uh, can we do the preview of this? Uh, no, we, we, uh, you okay. can. You I can. Can't, you I can can't. preview the website, but you can't put, give them the domain. What, no, no, you I was can, meaning, can we talk about what yeah, we're looking well, at? Yeah, yes, you can. Yes, with oh, no some, audio. No, no, there's some on track of George. Of, um, George. Oh, Keith George, yes, in around the, uh, around Bathurst in his uh, in historic the, car. No, it's uh, it's, it's Eric Stans, uh, Stanford's uh, XY that he's driven very successfully in Muscle Car Masters, and he will also be doing that Muscle Car Masters to uh, having started at last of the grid. I think I obviously got red flag, but here he is, like going up the chute there, past the past the pink RX2, uh, the blue RX2, and you know some 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 cars which are seriously slow, and it's a big car to weave through the. Um, Weave through the track there, Alphas, and here's another XY that obviously has been built as well. But uh, it did, did a great job. So, um, actually, actually, while we're on the subject of uh, the Bianti series, um, well, was that, as is, I said, is this a Bianti uh, series? Yeah, Bianti series. Um, you know, Jack was in the Bianti series last year around that panorama. A little bit. I was out at Eastern Creek yesterday, and there happened to be a few, um, well, it's a, it was a multi club meeting, I think, on the main track. And who else was out there? No, but. Um, uh, Jose Fernandez pedalling a 351 GT, I think it was. <laughs> uh, car around the track. The, the two guys are sort of saying, 
that car is seriously quick. We went to have a look at it at lunchtime, and uh, Jose was there. So he's obviously getting some private practice, maybe for some um, Bianchi racing later in the year. I don't know. Maybe. But maybe. Who knows? Um, also, uh, yes, there'll be some interesting stuff there uh, on Jack's website, um, and uh, you know a few things from the history. Uh, not my fault. <laughs> it's not and, my fault. Uh, and up the creek. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, and Homer's involved, as you can see. Yeah, I saw yeah. the Homer icon there. That's yeah. why I was sort of trying to look at the icon and talk at the same time. Yeah, and we're introducing a few bits of uh, new interesting technology here that uh, you'll see as uh, quite nice, uh, nice as gallery systems that uh, allow you to uh, be able to uh, look at look at things, what's going on. And, oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, just uh, all a bit different. Um, uh, so uh, we'll have to just... You'll have to wait and see. Yes, like see. I think people will like it. Yeah, no, it looks good. And even it well. Which is good. Okay, so on the same moment in uh, Europe, our uh, good friend, uh, 44, Alan Simonson, was aboard the uh, Gigawave Aston Martin DBR9 Jetty 1 car uh, alongside uh, his regular co-driver, Philip Peter, and uh, David Bradham, Brabham's uh, two times... Uh, co-driver and Le Mans 24-hour GT1 winner Darren Turner Scotsman uh, Andrew Thompson was held as a reserve, did some practice didn't actually drive in the race, which is actually a pretty good gig, mm-hmm. so I, I wouldn't mind that because then I could get on the podium and, and I could have a trophy <laughs> for winning Spa because I was on the entry list but didn't drive any race yep. and have the race. That'd be good. So, yeah, I mean, there's minimal amount. Of, I mean, this is I reckon he's the real winner because you see you, what you want <laughs> is to get the most amount for the least amount of work so the other guys that work so hard to get their trophy, and this guy, well, I just can't turn up. I'll do, turn a couple of laps just to keep well, I'm here. These are my three mandatory laps. Thanks. Well, he's got don't do name. anything else for the weekend. And the name's it, on the window. What else can you say? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Here's your trophy. Yeah, definitely. I think it's good. So why didn't he get in the car? Well, uh, well because he wasn't required. He oh, was okay. a reserve. But uh, the car ran absolutely faultlessly, uh, thanks to the, the brilliant efforts from the uh, mechanics and engineers at Gigawave Digital, um, which is actually headed up by uh, none, no one other than... Uh, well, from a race technologies point of view, uh, Nigel Stepney, who is a very interesting bloke I, I met over at Le Mans, and people would know the name of Nigel Stepney mm-hmm. because he was uh, the uh, lead Ferrari engineer in the Schumacher-Ross Braun era that uh, then was implicated in the uh, McLaren-Ferrari spy scandal. An absolutely good bloke and had a great laugh. Uh, with him when we were at Le Mans together. And in fact, I even walked into his room. Well, I mean, accidentally, and he had his, <laughs> half his pants on. But, yeah, that's another story but, hey, for you don't look at daytime that. TV. <laughs> but, um, but, but for Alan to be out there and not get in the car, it's probably a good no, Alan, Alan was in the car. Hey, Alan, uh, Andrew no, Thompson sorry. was sorry. not in the car. But they got, that, came third outright. Um, that is the best of the rest, really, because uh, they were the lead Aston Martin. It was won by Mark, Michael Bartels's uh, Maserati Vitaphone MC12, which incidentally have won the last three out of the four races, uh, one and two for these cars. Uh, they aren't eligible, interestingly enough, as GD1 cars for the Le Mans series because they have uh, they are too wide. Uh, okay. And I've actually I looked at these cars up close when in England at. Um, at uh, the dynamic suspensions operation at Thetford called Multimatic out of Canada, where Paul International Paulie Ryan was working. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, he said, look, well, the cars are fat. They can't run in LMS, but they can run there and they are spa specialists. So um, that's all pretty cool. Uh, but really, uh, they, it, uh, Alan won the race. Now it's a double points uh, gig. And other than a one flat tyre and a slightly sticking throttle and a 
something which was positive because previously in the year he had a stuck ventilation system in the car which made it very difficult. This time it was also stuck but it was raining a lot so it kept dry because it would have come straight through into the cabin so he was all pretty happy about all that. But uh, he did double stints um, and uh, Darren Turner did double stints, Philip Pettit did single stints and great, great results. So that's the biggest event of the year in some respects for Alan. Um, because GD1 is as far as they go in FIA GT and uh, really looking forward to the 2010 championship as I said before when FIA GT goes worldwide thanks to the efforts of Stefan Rattel there'll be a race in Moscow possibly one even in Dakar there's a mm. six hour sports car race around a five kilometre track in Dakar, in Dakar one week after Le Mans so um, be interesting and they'll be down here in Australia and as you can see world championship Singapore Romania, uh, Bucharest in a couple of weeks' time for the, the current uh, series. Finishing up in San Luis, uh, Argentina, which is uh, even more interesting because there's an old circuit which has been completely rebuilt for the championship this year in uh, the second last weekend of November, housed inside a volcano. Uh, they got a, a non-active volcano. Non volcano. Now, I'll, I'll be going so over, you'll be coming. Built in fireworks as well. I'll be coming as well, okay, that's Build good. Building fireworks? <laughs> what, another Adobe product? Yeah. <laughs> Inside no. the volcano, come on. No, no, what I was going to say... This was, is not a James Bond show. What I was going to say with the 24-hour racing is, um, for people who haven't been involved with 24-hour racing or been on teams or parts of the race and stuff, um, there was a Top Gear episode last week where the crew actually went in the Silverstone 24-hour race. And uh, I got a lot of comments in a few days afterwards going, is that really what happens in a 24-hour race? And stuff? well... Some of it was a bit over the top and some of it was a bit calmed down, but it, it sort of gave you a good insight to what can happen in a 24-hour race and, you know, the lead-up and preparation and everything else. So, top gear, Duh. good show. Duh. Nothing like it? Duh. Wow. <laughs> it's uh, not quite as cut and dried as that. It's, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. But bear in mind that Spa is a much more difficult 24-hour race from a driver's point of view than Le Mans because the Mulsanne, whilst the speeds are higher, it does offer a lot of rest and relaxation and same when you're coming back from Menage towards the Porsche curves and it's got a, a fairly long straight um, going up to the, the Dunlop S's. Um, that means um, you know you can have a bit of a rest but at Spa every single time you plunge down past the pits and go up through Eau Rouge you really are working your backside off to keep, uh, to keep concentration, keep the car working really well. Now I'm going to bring up a couple of images online now because we've got laptops here today mm -hmm. so we just have a look at a little bit of information because some stuff's coming in uh, from, um, uh, from 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 uh, overseas and uh, just the, the result has just come in from the American Le Mans <laughs> series which uh, is being held at Road America. Uh, Alan Simonson's teammate of last year or well, the majority of last year in GT2 Virgo Motorsport Rob Bell was uh, was brought in to have a drive over there with Riccio Competizione, but uh, has finished three laps down from the lead of GT2 in uh, sixth place. But the win has gone to uh, Dirk Werner and uh, Richard Westbrook. Richard Westbrook being Alan Simonson's co-driver in the American and the uh, European oh, or okay. the uh, or the yep. Le Mans series, which uh, he will be joining him next weekend at Nurburgring 
with Farm Basha Racing and the uh, and the same a similar car, the Porsche 911 GT3 RSR, alongside our good friend uh, Danish driver Lars Eric Nielsen. But the win has gone uh, at to uh, outright has gone to uh, not surprisingly at this track because it's I've been to this track in Wisconsin. It's a lovely, lovely circuit with panels. The Audi R10s have come first and second with Lucas Lure and Marco Werner taking it out. But um, more importantly, from our point of view, LMP2 has been uh, has been won by uh, David Bravel and Scott Sharp in the Acura for uh, Patron Highcroft Racing, which is just very, very good news indeed. So I'm going to just uh, dig up these uh, shots for you just to show you what happened at Spa, which is how, uh, just to say, what, what I would like to say is you jump the fence, wouldn't you? And I don't mm-hmm. want you to take that out of context. Mm-hmm. As I, I'm going to hand over to you because you've got something to say while I find I've got stuff. something to say. Come on, um, Tell us what's been going on in the land of V8 Central. Oh, V8 Central. Uh, I can pull out some stuff on V8 Central. Um, probably the best part of news about V8 Central was in the latest V8X magazine for people who haven't bought it. I think it's on sale still in some news agents. Um, is a number of the guys got together at the beginning of the year. This is just forum members. It wasn't my doing at all. And said, how about we design some liveries for some cars this year? And, uh, and there was a few good ones, and there's a few guys who sort of started off being not so good and have learnt very good skills along the way. And uh, a selection of those liveries got into V8X, and I think a number of the guys also got, um, also got work out of it as well. So um, I know Simon Wills got some work, um, and a young guy called Reese Goldfinch. I well, Simon Wills right. has got a good hand. He's very, oh, yeah, he's yeah. very talented oh. in that area, and, and was, was was not too shabby in the car either. So um, yeah, nothing wrong with Simon Wills in, in both of those respects. But um, Simon, uh, Reese, uh, two a bit other squeaky. guys, I can't. Hmm? He's okay. He's, he's a, a kiwi. He squeaks he's a bit. He squeaks a bit. <laughs> nothing wrong with him. He's okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, they got in V8X and uh, and the V8 Central URL got in V8X as well, and um, yeah, we got a lot of publicity out of that. And and you know, it wasn't just me; a lot of the guys actually got work and uh, and and some good coverage out of that. Um, and leading on to there, we've got you know a number of threads now about different sorts of liveries and how to paint race cars better and and stuff. So hopefully that will actually um, help the sport out a bit, and uh, and help these guys sort of you know get some work and get paid and and get some some uh, acknowledgement for what the for the hard work that they do yeah absolutely yeah uh, look there's a, uh, a a picture of the uh, uh the uh, the pulse at a saline mm-hmm. uh, that uh, was um run at uh, through library competition at uh spa so um nice. qualified on pole yep and uh warm up in the morning all good uh, flag's gone down that's it see you later like uh, that's it it's all just ready for the race but um a little bit of a drama um, as uh, the car has gone through Eau Rouge mm. after the flag has gone down mm. and um, didn't Ooh. make the start. Because it had no left side left on the car. No, it, it, it hit Eau Rouge very, at the, on the outside <laughs> very, very hard and the pole sitter, Steve uh, Zakaya, at the, at the helm, um, maybe something broke. But, uh, yeah, if you did that, you'd just jump the fence, wouldn't you? And, a- run, and run off. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, you'd be worried when you came back and in, I, I love the, the way that dailysportscar.com yeah. has reported saying uh, the chances of effective repairs would get the saline ready for race with five hours ago look slim to none slim to none well from the I whole, think it's highly that's, slim no, that's okay from the whole rear of the car you've got the right brake light that you there can salvage there is nothing else and that's about it yeah, but, it, but it's to- oh, no, the tub is totally rooted no that's what I'm saying you, you'd need a hole everything else but you could actually get the brake lights from the rear 
on the right and use them again. Is it's, that the only thing that's usable on the car? Um, I think, the, I think the door on the other side's okay. The door. It, okay, yeah. so the right door maybe, depending on how bent you actually and need the, it to and, be. And, and the Motul sticker. And the Motul sticker. Yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd actually pull that Motul sticker <laughs> off and use diff- it again. Half a rear diffuser and oh. the little chrome bit on the exhaust pipe. On the, exhaust on the pipe. end of the exhaust, yeah. But you know, I saw the other day for the first time, and it, was, it, it bothered me. Was a, uh, a a car was a, a Japanese car, and they've got like, you know, they've got now styled exhausts. Um, much like first, I suppose the first to do it really are the the new Civic, the the, the Type R Civic, and they've got like triangular oh, yeah, exhausts. Yeah, the, the well, this one yep. was heart shaped. Oh yeah, I haven't yeah, seen this before. Have you? Oh yeah, you get on uh, eBay, you get all this sort of weird uh, stuff. No, it's yeah, bothering get... me. <laughs> it's, it's a Japanese influence. It's just, yeah, yeah. Go get stuffed with two fingers exhaust. <laughs> You'll get there eventually. eBay, mate. Now, um, Chris, I'm going to have to have a uh, just. A, we're going to have to have a slight break for a sec yep. because it's roast, roast night, and I've got my folks coming over for dinner here at uh, at uh, the uh, off-site uh, world headquarters of Radio Hot Lap in uh, Eastern Seaboard. Eastern Seaboard. That's right. It's, it's almost. It's snowing here. It's, it's quite it's a nice. View. It's a lovely <laughs> view here, isn't it? You can. Uh, you, you live very you lovely, the... very close to this. Can you describe where we're at? Can I describe where I am? Do I want to describe where I am? If you had Google Street View, you'd be able to drive down the road. If we go, well, if you do go Street, we're not going to Google drive. Street View at Five Lockley Parade. You will find that there's a there's a Ute in the driveway. We don't know who's that is. But, oh, they're uh, sort of overlooking the um, Middle Harbour. Yeah, Middle Harbour. All the cockatoos are now down in the valley because it's got too hot up on the hills, and we're poached, we're high up on the hills, taping the show. So, yeah, the sun's just about to go down. But the reason why we're going to have a little break just for, for and come straight back, obviously you won't notice anything other than maybe a little bit of continuity issues, is I've got a little sneaky pork loin roast that I've got to make here for, for my parents tonight. And, and I'm not going to put anything with it. I'm just going to do it au natch. Um, it's a nicer two kilo one. And the, the way to work out how long to cook a pork roast is to um, look at the weight. This is two kilos. That's yeah. 2.2 pounds to the kilo, 4.4, yeah. 4.4 pounds. 20 minutes per pound plus yeah. 20 for the pot. So All that's right. uh, um, 80 plus a 0.4 of uh, 20 is 8. Uh, so it's 108 plus 20. Uh, uh, sorry, 88 uh, plus 20 is 108 minutes and plus resting time, which is about two hours. So I'm going to sneak off and put this beautiful organic. Doesn't that look lovely? Very nice. Very good. Feel that up. Oh no, it's a big piece of meat, and uh, we'll okay. um, we'll be back um, we're back uh, shortly. Right, well we're back, and the oven is uh, crackling away, and uh, sort of consuming that pork, reducing it in size. Kifla potatoes tonight as well, very nice, oh, nice. sneaky Kifla potatoes. Well, a bit of tech because uh, in the last week, uh, Google has uh, made a fairly large upgrade um, uh, to some uh, their, to their map technology called uh, Street View. Now a lot of people will probably find it very useful. Others are also having a few issues, issues. with it. So if you go to uh, one of the major capital cities, including Adelaide, which is considered major, because we've got Street View as well, um, you will find when you go to maps.google.com that uh, the when you click on Street View, which is a little option up the top of the right-hand side of the screen there next to Hybrid and Map, that uh, you will be able to see blue lines around streets, and that indicates that it has been um, street viewed. Street viewed has been photographed from a you know a, a road perspective. Oh, when okay. You, when you look at Australia, 
almost everything, almost everything has been done. Okay, now we actually uh, Chris except is, for Darwin. Uh, Chris is uh, yeah, no budget. Uh, Chris is actually looking, um, showing it to me, and and you, you've zoomed out on all of Australia. Yeah. But basically, if you zoom in, you can look at any house on any street and rotate around. It's a whole virtual tour of the entire <laughs> world coming yeah. up. It first started in San Francisco, and Australia's the second country to be to be done, uh, followed by Tokyo a couple of days later, apparently. Yeah, Tokyo was released on about uh, Wednesday or Thursday, so there's a few mates that I know that have obviously been there before, and they're going, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this. The tech centre's been done, a few things like that. Um, but, yeah, you can basically go to, I think it's 93% or 95% of Australia, type in any address... Click on the link, and you've got a 360-degree view around, up and down, all over the place. You can see the leaves piling up in the gutter and stuff like that. Uh, images were taken anywhere from about, I think people have figured out from about two and a half years ago to earlier this year. Um, some pretty embarrassing moments. People have, uh, there was actually a link I saw the other day, and this this guy passed out on the footpath, obviously on his way home from, from drinks on a Friday night, and uh, that was there for a while, and suddenly it was deleted. So um, the, there's black holes appearing in Street View already. Uh, you know, people are complaining about privacy concerns and stuff like and that. And also, also um, are, are concerned about the fact that naturally uh, it was um, advertised heavily this week by domain.com.au and realestate.com.au as an, as a major you know upgrade. They didn't mention Google anywhere oh, no, because they're probably paying licence for yeah, to use definitely. the API. But uh, that so people are saying, well, this is devaluing our... Our, our property because you look at our, our place first of all on Street View and you don't get the right impression. Okay, so you get the six months ago view. Or, or it just, so you know, it's not probably. shot on the right day and, and as, a, as, a, as a real estate um, but, uh, executive But you're getting the before know. pictures rather than the after pictures. People always clint their, their, their place and put it on the market. Hmm. Yeah, well, uh, that's, uh, that's um, one of the, the downfalls and also... Um, you've got a bit of a story to tell about uh, an unfortunate uh, oh, I, I series of events. I, <laughs> I do. I don't know how true this is or not. Yeah, no, it's again, totally true. But it's totally true. Um, it's a bit like the. Uh, let, let's let me put it in context, yep. viewers. It, it's it's a bit like it's a bit like the uh, the, the guy who um, was um, in his office at nine eleven uh, at about ten fifteen in the morning yeah. um, when his wife rang. Of the day that they fell down, yeah. um, to say, uh, and his wife ran frantically. He go, "Are you all right? Are you all right?" He goes, well, "Of course I'm all right. I'm in my office." Well, they'd fallen <laughs> down an hour, like, hour ago. So where was he? Sort of like that. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, apparently, I'm just sort of trying to find the link on this thing to, so I can. Anyway, uh, just the story. right person. But um, what happened was this. Uh, you know, Street View was released the other day. This guy uh, gets on Street View, looks at his house. And his brother's car's in the driveway. And his car's not in the driveway. So he goes home that night um, and says to his wife, why was my brother here when I wasn't here? And she goes, oh, don't know, sort of don't know anything about that at all. Um, so, oh, okay, must have, must have been wrong, but my car's here and he's not, his car, sorry, my car's not here, his car's here, he only visits when I'm here. And uh, came home the next night and she left and, uh, and said, left a note saying, um, sorry, but... Uh, I've gone to live with your brother. Now, I think I'm just madly, quickly trying to finish off this story, but... Uh, come on. Come on, stretch Get it on out with just it. a minute. Just, come on, just tell the story. Find the link later. Come on. Yeah, the link... Quick, the, well, that, well, that's the story, was that, that, that she denied all knowledge, and the next day she was gone. So, um, 
Now it's uh, anyway. Depends yeah, on yeah, what, what it's all. No, no, I can't. Really I can't see the picture of that. All right, moving back anyway. from technology to. Uh, went in to see their new Apple store in Sydney yesterday, oh, yeah. and uh, one and, and uh, Chatswood's opened also, just yeah, yesterday. Yesterday, yes. It's uh, it's definitely for switches. It's for people who have uh, bought uh, <laughs> bought a, an iPod at some point in their time and uh, going. Oh, we uh, we think uh, this Apple product is cool. What else does Apple have? Apple has uh, calls that the halo effect. The halo effect, which means. It wasn't just for switches. This now look for everybody. Notice NASCAR are now using the same the technology. slide technology, the XML-based slide technology that we've been using for a while now. Thanks yeah. very much. Yes, yeah, we're not into NASCAR yet, though. Yeah. No, so, no, what no, do you no, think, no, the Apple Store? Would you go back? Well, I, yes, I would. And in fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to book in on the 28th of August for a one-day free seminar. That's uh, four, two hours, two lots of four hours. On uh, the high-end editing and Final Cut Pro so you motion, say you've already booked in. Uh, no, I haven't, but I'm going to because I only found out about it yesterday. Yep. Uh, and it's on uh, four times this month, but that's good, free. And I uh, think I think that's great. Well, I was in there on uh, it opened on a Thursday night, and I tried to queue up, and I just wasn't going to stand that long in the rain to walk into a store that had was overquoted by about five thousand people anyway. Yeah, well, the Powderfinger so, concert was on. No, not on the opening day. Oh, uh, was it? It was just people walking in the store. But I booked in the next day for the Genius Bar, and I was very impressed. It's like you can walk in there just with any Apple product that you've got a question over, except for a 2G iPhone. It's got to be released in Australia. Um, well, that makes sense. But um, yeah, it makes perfect sense. My mate tried that anyway. And, and what did you get? How much? Uh, how much attention I, did they give you? Well, the Genius Bar you book in for 15 minutes, and on the site it says the the bookings for 15 minutes take as long as you like i was there for about an hour and 10 minutes oh did you have uh, any specific issues yeah or? i had a very specific issue i didn't even expect to have an answer for my specific issue because it was just so quirky and crazy that I they expected went, you you, you to be fobbed off and no no i walked in there and said i don't think you'll fix this i'm just looking for some advice yes in the end it was completely fixed i got a guy who knew absolutely perfectly what was what the was curly question the curly question was i uh, if i bluetooth my uh, 17-inch MacBook Pro to my Nokia N95 to use my uh, 3, 3G phone service um, as an internet service when I'm actually on the train or something and want to work on the internet. Uh, sometimes the Bluetooth crashes and it, I don't get service at all. And how do I fix it? And I'd rung Apple a few times and they sort of went, oh yeah, you just delete the Bluetooth drivers and start again. Mm -hmm. But there was one of the geniuses there, uh, I think his name was Alex from memory, um, went through, fixed it all, reconfigured it all, did speed download tests for me, uh, rebooted the machine a number of times to make sure that the problem didn't come back, did everything under the sun. So I walked away, you know, I was pleased anyway that there was a solution, but I walked away just like going, wow, this place is, is unreal. At, at the same time, my mate was in the store with a 2G iPhone saying, I wanted to do yeah, something well, with my iPhone. Yeah, well, that was obvious that that wasn't going to happen. And that was before the iPhone launch, so they were just laughing at him. They knew yeah. it was a grain port, and they yeah, they've got so they're going to do that. But look, I think for for people that are wanting to go to yeah, for people who are wanting to go to uh, to um, uh, switch to Apple, it really is a great purchasing experience, isn't it? I mean, everyone else would be. It, it's just so simple yeah. that it's just coordinated. But uh, yeah, there. But there's, it's not all all positives um, with uh, with Apple technology, and we've seen. Probably, I think, collusion by the telcos in, in Australia to, to get in a room and say, well, let's not drop our pants on data. But the first one who appears to have uh, uh, 
been showing the light to people is uh, Virgin Mobile, which is now getting the uh, the phone. Uh, and I think for as low as seventy dollars, maybe you can just quickly bring up the Virgin uh, Virgin plans. But I think as low as seventy dollars, you can have an eight gig uh, iPod free over twenty four months with a significant amount of calls and a gig of data. Um, and that's just heaps more than what everyone else was doing. And uh, it, it's frightening because uh, the the dollar sixty five per megabyte. Uh, uh, excess charge means that you're paying 16500 per gigabyte and, and not that you'd be playing a garage band or uh, on your uh, iPhone but uh, should you have chosen for some stupid reason to have downloaded it you'd be which is 1.02 gigabyte I just think is the biggest download I've ever seen on software update from Apple you'd, you'd be getting a nasty pill oh definitely if you don't if you don't well even a lot of people the, the thing I hate at the moment is everyone thinks that 3G only came with the iPhone. 3G came years ago. 3G started in 2000, and, and 3G yeah. is third generation. It just basically means that, that, the, that the network speed and the, and, the, and, the, and the back-end equipment made by companies like Alcatel uh, provide, uh, you know, on, uh, work, on top, work on top of technology infrastructure like UMTS and and uh, so on but uh, we but, but if you wanted to translate that into something else it yes. means that on your mobile phone you've now got a web browser email um, normal internet access the way you would at home but it's on your phone as long as you've got a signal so same thing a phone years ago as long as you've got a signal you can make a phone call now if you've got a signal you can actually browse the internet and watch YouTube and all different sorts of things wherever you are wherever you've got your phone wherever you've got signal strength so you can imagine that like, it would be useful for you to be able to have access to a browser and uh, email um, uh, when we are um, you know, uh, um, in a rural area or in a remote area. Mm. How good would that have been if you would have been able to use the, the wireless uh, connectivity, uh, the, the 3G connectivity of that uh, mobile phone to the off- also communicate Wi-Fi to your laptop because obviously you need a screen to be able to 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 work with like you're out in the middle of nowhere mm. and you want to do a photoshop update because it's just something really <laughs> important that's come down well i can't do it on my phone because my phone doesn't run photoshop well there was an application available as uh, you as you well know yep. through the uh, the apple app store called uh, netshare from null river but um it was pulled recently for it was not ten dollars and a bloody good little application because what it did was allow you to use your phone to be able to provide an internet connection to your laptop now you might be going well why is that important so well you're out in the middle of nowhere and you don't have any means of your laptop to be getting on the internet so it used the wi-fi connection between your laptop and the phone to be able to move the 3G uh, 3G uh, signal across. So, so basically, what you're saying is, I can I can use my computer through my phone to have access to the internet Correct. wherever I am wirelessly. Yep. But uh, AT and T in America have gone. No, that is a breach of contract. We do not like we do not like what's called tethering. Yep. So here's a new word for your viewers: tethering. Look for that in the contracts when you uh, when you uh, sign up, and without doubt, uh, NetShare will be available now on many 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 places. Uh, and be able to download that. However, having said that, there appears to be some erroneous uh, issues with the iPhone that it's phoning home, uh, meaning, and phoning home means that it is talking back to Apple and looking at blacklists of applications. So positive, yep. possibly Apple can actually shut off applications remotely as they choose as they to, feel. which means they must be spying on you. Well, see, the funny thing is with the NetShare application, it was... It was on the Apple, the App Store. It was, and then it was off, and then it went and back, then it was and then it was on, and then it was off. 
and I, I think it's gone two or three rotations now. And then AT and T walked in and said, "Look, due to da 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 da, we're not going to let it on the on the app store." So if you've if you've got a copy or you can procure a copy from somewhere, you might be okay. Good word. But if this, oh yeah, yeah, you got to procure Procurement. things. But if it's if it really is phoning home the way you the way people suspect that it is phoning home, it's not going to work anyway. The first of the sensible packages available here in Australia is with Virgin uh, Mobile. And, mate, uh, Chris, what have you got? Um, well, it says $70, and I don't use Virgin, so I'm just going to read this verbatim off the screen. $70 for 24 months on the contract, obviously. $520 worth of monthly included credit for calls. And what and we'd have to do is look at the flagfall and the cost yep. per yeah, per call. And that inc- includes one gig of data. Oh, it's, no, it's, uh, not, it's not one gig. It's a huge... No, no, no. One gig. It's okay. huge. huge. Huge one gig. But for 100 bucks, you still get $520 worth of calls and a massive... Massive! Massive! And it's, they still use red bold font here. Five gigs of data. Yeah, I think it's, okay. uh, I think it's then, uh, Helvetica New as well. But, then, but what does the $100 mean? Excess data is two cent, uh, point 0.2 cents per kilobyte. Okay, point 0.2 cents per kilobyte. That is $2.00? Is it point two? Well, it says point two C per KB. So okay, so that means multiply by a thousand. That's two dollars per megabyte, really, really which means two dollars per meg. For two dollars per meg, they love it. I know that's twenty thousand dollars per gigabyte. Twenty thousand dollars per gigabyte. Don't you love it? Because and 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 this is going back to probably talked about on shows before, where the ACCC needs to step in and say, look. We can see there's a bit of confusion going on here with this. We're going to give you some frame of reference because people don't know. Step one, first frame of reference. I watched a five-minute highlight of the Beijing Olympics uh, opening on YouTube, 57 megabytes. Thank you very much. I also just downloaded the latest Madonna album. Don't know why you would. But anyway, well, it's not that it's that bad. But anyway, 27 megabyte. I I read the Sydney Morning Herald twice during the week, 2.6 megabyte. Once people get this frame of reference, they'll be fine. And they're really sneaky. They're going, people don't know what a K is and a megabyte. and a... They're very, very I bad. Think, I think Telstra doesn't know what a gigabyte is yet. Well, they still can't track their megabytes. But, but that's <laughs> sneaky because Virgin has gone and put, like, a, um, put one, uh, point, point oh two cents it's per K. Per K. <laughs> you know, and K, what's a K? K's so small. I mean, you know, you, okay, a web page if you had a thirst, if you were a thirsty man in the desert, a drop would not satisfy <laughs> you. Uh, that's uh, something like that. But but I'm with three, so I'm really keen to have three come out with the iPhone. And what three did the other week was they basically, they haven't formally admitted they've given up on stocking the iPhone. But what they've done is they've released some BYO iPhone plans. So for $49 a month, you get $350 worth of calls and a gig of data. Now that's still a 24-month contract. Yeah, but we and do need to have a look and see what their what their cost is uh, per, oh, per per call like and, and, and all the little things. Oh, yeah. You know, what are we up with texting and what are we with international and and, and, and but, but with these plans, this three also give you $300 credit on your phone bill because you've had to go and buy the iPhone somewhere else and move it to three. Oh, and the first and the first time, so you get $300 of phone credit upfront after you've bought the phone. So if we go yeah. in, all, go all in, they're saying is. We can't sell you a phone. Go and buy it somewhere else. Can I go and buy a phone from the Apple Store? Just like uh, plan free? You, no. You've got to lock it on a plan. So oh. the most popular thing is to put it on Optus, on a prepaid phone, right? And then if you put $80 worth of credit on the phone, you get it unlocked for free. Or if you pay an $80 unlocking fee, 
then you get it unlocked, obviously. Do you know, I and think, that, I think that we could become either heroes or notorious <laughs> criminals by coming up with a matrix and publishing it to tell people how to make a decision about 3G iPhones. Because I actually can't go anywhere, I found, in Sydney... Uh, over the last few days, or Melbourne the week before, without hearing an expert behind me at the next table who's worse than me uh, about that sort of thing. Is there actually a... Uh, uh, can you have a there look is, at that? There is, but you just jump on me all the time with this stuff. There is something on mactalk.com.au. Well, you can have oh, a look for know. it. You look for it right now while I go and just give the meat a little bit of a touch-up. Okay. And we're back. We are back. What have you found? Oh, I found the site. The it's site is numbersinaflash.com which is a Apple uh, sorry an Australian iPhone cost comparison website so and if you saw the, 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 oh, the second link so down there it's compare iPhone plans calculator and it loads up a lot of flash which we'll take in a minute and numbersinaflash.com that's very clever now you don't have all the plans here apparently because it says up the top in big in big letters this calculator is now out of date but you can put in the number of calls you're going to make per day the average length of those calls. That is a damn handy SMSs. tool. Uh, and it lets you decide, yeah, exactly, uh, whether you're a, uh, who your provider is, extra data. Uh, how much data can we... Oh, this is great. This is really good. The reason why it's out of date is because we... Oh, there's the Virgin. Virgin. Uh, very good. Numbersinaflash.com. Okay, let's move on, mate, uh, yep. to nice. a, a really great uh, event uh, that has happened. In America this weekend, with Marcus mm. Ambrose winning his first NASCAR race, and in fact it was the Nationwide Series. Now, of course, if he was going to win a race, he would either be doing it at Sears Point or Watkins Glen, and he's done it at Watkins Glen, the two road courses. Uh, I'd imagine that uh, Boris Sade would have been right up there if he was racing, but uh, he had to go to the dentist, and uh, he was uh, not not, uh, not allowed to compete due to uh, gaps. Well, due to gaps. Well, Marcus was leading last week in Montreal, so uh, this this week was sort of... We'll see what happens in the spring. Yeah, but, um, Montreal last week. Spring? Cup, whatever. Um, I, I didn't see all of Montreal, but I, I noticed that um, when I was sort of fast-forwarding through some of the footage, they had to stop to fit rain tyres and windscreen wipers to the car. Oh, this is and after the debacle of Indianapolis the week before where the tyres were degrading? Oh, yeah, yeah. This, is, this, this is, is another uh, tyre problem for another tyre manufacturer this is, this in a different direction. This is the debacle after the debacle. Oh, it's just so time, I, uh, I think this is normal rigs. I don't watch that much NASCAR, but... Um, well, I think but, you should. But they said, Sounds okay, we're, we're red flagging the race so they can fit rain tyres and windscreen wipers, which I thought was good. And, um, and sandwiches. And sandwiches. Sandwiches. But but then I noticed that I was actually watching the footage later on, and Marcus is coming into that final little dog leg onto the front straight of Montreal, and I sort of looked and I thought, the windscreen wiper isn't even on his window; it's just swishing in midair. And a few seconds later, the um, the commentator said, "You watch during the heavy braking, Marcus is actually braking so heavily that the windscreen wiper is actually lifting off the windscreen and just waving around in the air for a while." So, um, is that right? He must have had a bit of wind behind him as well. I can't imagine that those NASCARs would break that well. Well, it's, it's the it's the awesome braking power of those NASCAR packages. Oh, that's right. The car tomorrow. Yeah. So it's yeah. huge. So. Wait, just wait a few years. It'll be here. Uh, you never know. Oh, I think they've tried that before. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, Anyway, that's great, isn't it? I'm really... It's very, very pleasing. And uh, congratulations to, um, to Marcus for that. And also to uh, our good friend... Uh, a Brett to crush Murray from Bam Media, who will be absolutely over the moon so much so he can't return my phone call. But anyway, <laughs> we've already given him shit about that before. Crusher. Crusher. 
But anyway, well, on. by the and time you hear this... He's uh, very thirsty, Crusher. Very thirsty? He's a thirsty, he's a thirsty, thirsty, he's thirsty oh, okay. at bars. But by the time you listen to this... In fact, the, um, you know where he is? I can tell you where he is. Where Apart is from he? that, he is in Knoxville, Tennessee, with Paul Ryan, and uh, who was there watching uh, Jimmy Johnson and the sprint car races this weekend. That's Paul Ryan, International yeah. Paulie, mm-hmm. who's the media manager for Super League Formula, who will be on the show next week, 23 days, 22 days now, before Super League kicks off at Donington. They just finished a three-day test event um, at uh, Valagna. Mm-hmm. Valagna? Valagna? <laughs> and uh, uh, everything no it's not Valencia oh, okay. and, but it's all went good um, other than the Astra Mega car which uh, erupted in flames after a fuel um, supply line uh, blew off and there was terrible weeping at dinner so how much do you know about this new Super League Johnny? I know enough to know that there are 14 teams in the championship and Paul Ryan who is doing the video podcasting for it and a mega job he's doing. What a bunch of tongue twisters he's got to deal with. I mean, they're all like Europeans. I mean, it's like teams like Galatasaray and uh, what? No, no, it's okay. Keep on talking. Uh, yeah, pointing, not talking. Yeah, it's, it's so, sorry, sorry, there's a video podcast. When's the video well, podcast the video, start if you go, or has it started? It's been starting, it started and it's up to about episode 14. Why don't you just uh, go to uh, to uh, uh, iTunes and you can actually oh, okay. find that yep. yourself and go put in Super League Formula. I'll do that now just to check. Super League Formula, very worthwhile video podcast. Um, really, really good stuff. Silly question, but why isn't there any United team in oh, Super League? Well, there will be. But there will be. Have you got? You found it now. If you have a look there, I'm, I'm you'll, you'll the see. I'm looking at the Super League site actually. Uh, good, and you will see. The easiest way to have a quick look is for the. Uh, I can send you forward it to you as a friend. If he's bothered to uh, to to follow my lead with that uh, technology, uh, here we go. I mean, this Valonia, Valonia, download pictures so we can sort of see Galatasaray tops the timesheet. Robert Dornboss is also one of the drivers who's uh, doing a lot of testing there. And uh, we have now, as of today, AC Milan, AS Roma, Al Ain, Beijing, Gugan, which is the Chinese team which will be taking over the Olympic Stadium directly mm-hmm. after the event uh, that is currently happening in uh, Beijing. What's it called? Beijing. What's the thing that goes mm-hmm. on in Beijing? Oh, bloody, whatever. Oli, Some Oli, Oli Roos. Oli Yeah, Oli Roos are there. I don't Oli. know. Oli. Oh. It's, uh, it, it takes up, there's no matter racing on TV today because of all the Beijing stuff. No, the AFL's still got on. Did it? Yeah, oh, Olympics. Olympics. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, there's uh, Borussia Dortmund. Corinthians. <coughs> <laughs> uh, Flamengo. Uh, FC Basel. FC Porto. Galatasaray. Olympiasha. PS Eindhoven. Rangers. Uh, RSC Engel. Chips and Barbecue Gravy Cup. Uh, Seville BC and Tottenham Hotspur Horse Racing Club. Still no United. Anyway, there's 14 teams there, and there. 2, 4, 6, oh. 8, 10, 12, 14, 16. 16. They're, and they're going to have 20 cars on the grid. How good is that? And four more to sign. Should we start up a team? Before the end of, what, three weeks' time or something? Three weeks' time. The oh. last weekend in August, they will be there at... Uh, the um, blah, 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 Donington quick uh, show us the now, schedule well, for if, the races for oh, the year come on no no what I was going to say was um, before I actually talk about the schedule 
If you're on the Super League site, which is superleagueformula.com slash superleague. No, it's so just superleagueformula.com. And you go down right at the bottom and click on multimedia, you get the link to the podcast plus a photo gallery plus a video gallery. Or you can okay. just go to Thank iTunes and type in for, uh, um, Super League Formula and it'll be there. Superleagueformula.com, uh, where football, soccer, meets uh, car racing. Mm-hmm. And it's all pretty interesting, interesting sort of stuff. For now, the schedule is, um, as we said... Duncan, six race series. Six races, uh, or six rounds. Between six uh, the end of August yeah. and the end of November. Okay, so it's nice and compact. Um, Donington Park, last weekend in August. That's the 30th and 31st of August. Nürburgring, towards the end of September, the 20th and 21st of September. Uh, Zolder in Belgium. Well, that's going to clash with Bathurst, the 4th and 5th of October. Estoril in Portugal, 19th, oh, sorry, 18th and 19th of October. Valonia. Valonia, Italia. And Jerez for first, the final. First of second in November, and then the final in Jerez on the twenty second and twenty third of November. Well, the uh, the, so the, the the last one is a problem for me uh, because uh, Jerez because I will be uh, in uh, the volcano with Uncle Al for the final. Ah. So that's a bit of a pity. But um, no, I just I just did a big <gasps> at the twenty third of November because that was the traditional Bathurst twenty four hour day. And uh, well, I will be actually uh, uh, doing a oh my god. Oh dear, yeah. I've just realised yeah. an issue. Yeah. But I've got to race bloody classic Adelaide on the weekend of <laughs> bloody Jerez. Oh, bloody Jerez. Jerez or Valonia? Uh, no, Jerez, the final race. I've just realised that I'm racing with Katie George in the Capri. But you just said you're going to be in Argentina. I know, I'm an idiot. So you're going to be in Argentina and in no, Adelaide I'm and Jerez not. all at the same time. I'm going to be in classic Adelaide. Awesome. I won't be able to with go. With Katie George. Yeah, with Katie. That's right. You just I'm get someone else. Look, isn't it fairly easy? You just sit in the left seat and just go left, right, 100 metres, uh, left, yeah, number three, number five. Yeah, watch yeah. out, brakes. Well, then I suppose it looks Don't like cut. it's uh, Estoril in Portugal is the uh, the place to be because the previous is uh, Mount Buller Sprint, which is their... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> damn! <laughs> How can didn't, these... you, didn't you send Paulie the calendar for the Tarmac Rally I Series over here before he did this? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's, it's, it's TBC. Okay, which the means that he can move? I mean, it's TBC. No, no, them. They're TBC. I know his tickets are on sale shortly, but it's the date. I think the dates would be locked in. But I mean, Harris would be good because there'd be drinks afterwards and a party. Drinks. A party. Lots. A party. Of a party. <laughs> Viewers, okay. thanks for listening to episode uh, 88. Uh, 88. That's my nickname. 88. 88. Um, what I was going to say, I, You've just, got more. I was talking to John while we were putting on the roast. There will be um, some show notes of this episode. I don't know about every other episode, but this episode we've been mentioning lots of links purely because it's been drilling laptops here. Linky. So if you go to uh, v8central.com slash votersport. Uh, no, 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 no. What am oh. I saying? <laughs> v8central.com. What's your, your mouth out there? Well, you, so. can, you can always go to votersport.com as well. Oh, no, no. Is it still working? To, it's still working. It still works. <laughs> Not a problem at all. Um, but, okay, so that's another link we need to mention. But v8central.com nah. slash radio hot lap. And uh, you'll get all the links and some a lot of other stuff that we should have talked about but we couldn't fit in. And, um, yeah, we'll catch you next time. When's the next show? A few days later. Oh, it'll be next week with, uh, with, uh, 
Oh, you put something on it. My you, God, mate, you actually put something on uh, on uh, Votosport. Yeah, Votosport.com. V-O-T-A, sport. Have you, have, you made a, have you made anything out of that, that Google ad yet? Uh, I can't tell people that they have to click on the ad so that we can make money out of it. Click on time. the ad. We, we, we get you, you, You're not allowed to say that. Oh, why not? Is it you're allowed to do that? Yeah, don't no, click on it. Whatever you do. No, you can't never, don't, don't say don't click on it. No, no, no. Tell no, them not no, to click do, on it. We do that. Don't click here. Flashing. Yeah, you, know, you could <laughs> put an arrow towards it and say, "Don't click on don't this ad." Ever think the about ads on the right? But yeah, yeah. Votosport's a really good site, and not many people go to it, so it's feeling a little bit lonely at the moment. Uh, and, um, <laughs> and if you want another lonely site, which you're not, which you shouldn't really click on the ads for, it's v8central.com. Go to the forums; there's tons of motorsport-related people in there. And um, and there's also a dedicated. Heavy, are they heavy people? They eat a lot and some don't of them, do. Some of them are very heavy Quite people. Right. But there's um there's also a uh, a radio hot lap forum in there that uh, no one talks about because you know who knows why. Oh, but, well, it's um, got this bit down the bottom, and it maybe needs to be rebadged. Well, you wanted like it down it. the bottom, so it's down the bottom. Oh. What else are we talking about? Quickly. I don't know other than. Um, who knows? It's the uh, Marlboro Masters at uh, Zolder this weekend with, I think, uh, wasn't it, uh, didn't uh, uh, Nico Hulkenberg win the A1GP championship this year? But he certainly won plenty of it. We'll have to check. Don't, I, do I don't like A1GP because they're not coming here next year. <laughs> Australia misses out. Well, let me tell you that all I've got to say about this uh, A1GP, where it comes with the new Ferrari car, and we can't really confirm whether Nico Hulkenberg won it or not because we don't have that information available in our FTs. But I can tell you that, uh, yeah, they're going to be uh, broadcasting in high definition next year. But more importantly, Warner Brothers is going to get involved with it because, like a good old uh, character... Uh, Bugs Bunny is yeah. coming to uh, to uh, A1GP because he should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> Good night, viewers. <laughs> See ya. Bye.